0: Hello my friends and welcome to the Dig News Streams podcast. I'm your host Dave Capozzi. Back in early October in the brief episode where I mentioned that I'd be taking a break from posting new episodes of the podcast, I also mentioned that I was going to be writing a book. Well, the name of that book is Dethroning Imperial Jesus. It's about how the faith practiced by much of the Western world has been built on the foundation of imperial Christianity rather than the faith of Jesus of Nazareth. Now, to be clear, this book is not an invitation to come to Jesus. It's not an evangelistic tool. It comes from my experience of seeing how imperial Christianity has appropriated the suffering not only of Jesus and his people, but of oppressed people throughout the world for the last 1700 years. Part of me telling you about this is to kind of share my excitement with you and also to hold me accountable. Another part is because as much as I've been self-motivated to express what I feel like is important for me to share over these past couple of years, I know that I'm going to be needing support. So this week I'm going to share a brief section of the book with you and I'm going to ask that, just like so many of you have done for the podcast, that you subscribe to my Substack, where you'll be able to read snippets of the book as time goes on, which you can find at substack.com slash Dave Kaposi, or you can just go to substack.com and search for my name. I will put that link in the show notes. As always, I welcome your feedback and I'm so grateful for all of your support. Without further ado, here's a brief excerpt from my book, Dethroning Imperial Jesus. If you are an individual of European heritage living in the United States, there is no way around it. Your life is filled With cultural appropriation. Our ancestors established a nation on stolen land, putting it politely, and eventually created an environment in which the ultimate goal was for everyone to blend into a melting pot, forming a creamy white bisque. From food to clothing, our society is one giant amalgamation of cultures that were invited to join a society in which you would be welcome so long as you had pale skin and were willing to assimilate into this new social construct known as whiteness. Within this context, Christianity served as a powerful mechanism for cultural appropriation and whitewashing, a reality I began to understand with far more clarity after planting a church in an economically under-resourced city in the Boston area. At the time, in 2016, cities like this one were being called legacy cities, Essentially meaning they once had a thriving economy during the Industrial Revolution and a bit after, but have since become economically deprived as a result of things like white flight and the war on drugs. So in this city, of course, the majority of the people living there are black, brown, indigenous, and other people of color. But the more I looked around at evangelical church planting conferences and through conversations online, the more I saw young white men like myself flocking to cities like this one, and planting what were called multi-ethnic, multi-racial churches. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, Wow, that actually sounds amazing. That is the gospel. And that's where you'd not only be wrong, you'd be expressing a racist understanding of the world that was formed in imperial Christianity. See, for white folks from the suburbs to bring our racial and cultural biases to a city in which we're the minority, all the while proclaiming to have the answers to life, including how people in need are supposed to rely on God and, oh yes, give us 10% of their paychecks, of course, this new, albeit less overtly violent form of imperial Christianity is rooted in the belief that black, brown, indigenous, and other people of color need what we have, and that their faith communities— of which there are far more than most suburbs in the area, are not quite good enough. So we need to go in there and set them straight to teach them about the real Jesus. With, of course, our culturally appropriated music and strategically placed people of color in our marketing materials. All while a white dude steers the ship. The impulse that I and so many other white men have followed to colonize these legacy cities is couched in all kinds of biblical support. I mean, we were making disciples of all the nations. Like every other endeavor under the banner of imperial Christianity, we could find any and all possible justification for why we were doing the Lord's work. It was as clear as it had ever been that heaven was on our side. And if we're going to save the world from certain death, we've got to get out of our comfort zones and be the ambassadors Imperial Jesus called us to be. But as for me, it was arriving at this understanding that I began to feel very uncomfortable being a Christian pastor. Apart from no longer being able to trust that anything I believed came from a source other than Imperial religion, I couldn't find a way to reconcile the fact that I was constantly using the story of an oppressed people group to shepherd oppressed people through their oppression which just so happened to come from bodies that look like mine. To me, it began to feel similar to if I had taken the writings of people who were enslaved in the United States to teach modern black people how they should deal with contemporary oppression. The combination of no longer believing in the Christian God, which, to be fair, is reason enough to leave, along with a deep sense that I could no longer use the story of oppressed Jewish people to lead a group of black, brown, indigenous, and other people of color in their pursuit of spirituality and justice led me away from not only the pulpit, but the Christian church as a whole. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. I hope this conversation inspired some new thoughts or questions within you. Until next time, peace, my friends.